Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennials Season 4, Episode 11. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Recording on a rare Sunday morning. We never record on the weekends. No. Yeah. This is an unusual circumstance. Also un- unusual is that Laura is recording hungover. Yes. Is I've that got, unusual? I mean, <laughs> we typically record at like 7 p.m. during the week. Yes. So so normally drunk. Yes, that's what? correct. I've got coffee. I've yeah. got, you know, I- I'm good. What did you do? Were you celebrating St. Patrick's Day? I was. I went to a St. Patty's Day party. Mm. Now, are you Irish? Or are you one of these people who just parties because of St. Patrick's Day? Well, uh, to be honest, a little bit of both. Um, I I love St. Patty's Day. I like an excuse to drink. Uh, but also, we did my genealogy, like my DNA. I took one of those tests, and I came back thirty two percent Irish. Wow! Yeah, so I can claim it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So I'm in New York. I just got in yesterday and there's a lot of people dressed in green. So I guess it was fun to see them celebrating. But then we were looking for food and it's impossible because every fucking pub is packed with drunk, fake Irish people. Uh, (laughs) So we finally found one place that actually had seating called the Australian. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, that's how desperate we got. Uh, But the, the our waiter was actually Australian. So that was cool. Um but yeah, I was like, wow, the one place that we can go that isn't packed is a place that is Australian themed. You know where I went last night, Laura? Where? DBL Dive Bar Lounge. Your favorite place. Yes, it is my favorite place. I don't think I ever revealed this before, but at DBL, I was propositioned for a threesome. Oh, did you do it? No. No. Oh, oh well. this is, I shouldn't have brought this up because last week you two just cleared me of rumors about me. That's right. We did. We didn't say anything bad about you. <laughs> we did not confirm that you're a slut. Uh, I didn't listen to that. I didn't want to hear what you have to say. Although my boyfriend listened and he was like, yeah, I agree with what Lauren and Lisa had to say about you. <laughs> oh, well, then there we go. You know, but it was, it was a mixed review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I did skip around and uh, I heard Mark talking about penises and then I just yeah. continued moving. I'm surprised you didn't stick around for that. I know. I, I still need to listen to that. But thank you for bringing on your boyfriends. That was that was a good idea. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And they were naturals at it. Yeah. We should have them on more often. Mm-hmm. We were thinking, you know, 
to replace you know you that's that's well that's that's <laughs> do what kidding. you gotta do it's fine we, you know we couldn't we couldn't make it without you i know in all it, honesty if it came down to a vote it's you two you two have an unbreakable pact <laughs> you i mean it's you true push me out it's like a, <laughs> an unbreakable pact it's like we're in a blood clan. <laughs> no, we're like in Harry Potter making unbreakable vows. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, since I'm in New York, you reminded me we had this email from a couple weeks ago that we never got to. It was from Melody. She said, uh, love your show. My question is for Laura. I will be heading to New York soon for grad school, and I have never even stepped foot on the East Coast. I live in California and have been here my entire life. I know you went to grad school in New York, so I'm wondering if you have some tidbits of advice. What kind of advice would we give somebody who's coming to the East Coast for the first time? Um, so my advice for you, Melody, because uh, you are correct, I did go to grad school in New York, um, came from Georgia, so that was a pretty big change in scenery for me as well. Mm. Um, the first thing I would say is you can never have enough money saved up to go to New York. Uh, I made a budget based on some light research that I did online about how much I should have for that. And it wasn't enough. So whatever you're thinking, maybe double it because <laughs> New York is very expensive. Um, the second thing would be Although you need to focus on your grad program, try not to let yourself get too stressed out by it in those stressful moments because New York is a great city. Um, There are certainly pros and cons to living somewhere like that. But if you're going to grad school there, it sounds like you're probably going to be there for a couple of years. Um, Try to enjoy it the best you can. That's probably one of my greatest regrets about living there was I got so entrenched and so stressed out by my grad program that I don't think I quite enjoyed the city to the extent that I could have if I hadn't been like amping myself up and getting so worked up about drama in my program. You know what I mean? So take time to enjoy the city. Because it's it's a once in a lifetime thing. Most people leave New York within, you know, the first five years of living there. So statistically speaking, you know, you may leave, and it's important to enjoy it while you're there. I wonder if she's ever been to a city like New York. If she's always, if she grew up in California, been there her whole life. I guess the closest she should could have gotten to it was L.A. or San Francisco, and it's just it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. In that. It is a concrete well, jungle. And living there is entirely different from visiting there. I mean, of course, before I moved to New York, I had visited several times. And based on those visits, I thought that I knew that I would love living in New York. And then I lived in New York and realized that while I'm very glad that I did it, and there are memories I have there that I cherish and will hold on to forever, I never want to live in New York again. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it takes a special kind of personality to be able to live there long term. And I don't mean that as a slight, it's not a bad thing. I think New Yorkers are fantastic. It's just that um, coming from the South and hitting a place like New York is a little bit overwhelming, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
In terms of West Coast to East Coast, the only thing I would throw out there is be braced for some life-changing, god-awful humidity, unlike you've ever felt before. Oh, for yeah. me, that's for me that's the biggest difference because I'm very sensitive to heat. I I get I will pass out and faint anything above like 85 degrees, and and he, it's really not even the heat is what I've learned. From the first time I went to California and Arizona. What I discovered is that it can get just as hot there, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it at all. I'm, I'm looking at the temperature. I'm thinking, wait, it's 95 degrees? No, it's not. This feels like 70. You got to be kidding. And it's because I realized that as an East Coaster, what I had been mistaking for heat was actually always humidity. So be braced for that. Probably the best way is just to get yourself in the habit of drinking a shitload of water because you will start sweating it out without even realizing it. The humidity sucks you dry. And, yeah, and, and your crotch is going to feel terrible. So uh, wear some loose yeah, clothing. You're going to have swamp ass. Yeah. Oh, God. It happens. And everybody smells. Um, the subways are horrible. <laughs> I don't really like New York for more than a couple of days. So enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want us to be shitting on it. The, I mean, things also weather-related things that you should be prepared for. Be prepared to have four very distinct seasons. Yes. Which is pretty cool coming from I California. I like that. I think yeah. it's cool. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Summers in New York are hot as balls. Um, everyone smells bad, like Andrew said. That's just – it It, it comes to the territory. But spring and fall in New York are fucking gorgeous. Mm. I used to go – after class and sit in Central Park a couple times a week and just like watch the leaves change in the fall and then the spring, like watch all the shit bloom. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, contrary to a very popular stereotype, New Yorkers are not rude. I always had really great experiences communicating with New Yorkers, trying to like figure out where the fuck I was going. And people were always happy to point me in the right direction. I think that it's a very brusque culture. And I think that it's fast paced and people are trying to get where they need to go. And that gets mistaken as rudeness, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seasons is a good point too, actually. Mm -hmm. I was in California for nine years and no seasons. And now that I'm in Chicago, where there are four distinct seasons, I really like it because it actually feels like there's progress happening in life. Which is kind of, mm -hmm. that's just how it struck me. Like, wow, things are changing. I am looking forward to a new season. Like, whatever is going on in your life, there's still, like, something that you can't control that is good. Like, you're looking forward to spring. You're looking forward to summer. Maybe you're looking forward to fall or winter. I like having that sense of progress now. Whereas in California, it's the same thing every day. 70 and sunny. And I know, oh, Andrew, well, so hard, 70 and Sunday, perfect yeah, weather. Yeah, I was going to say, when? Well, is you. <laughs> but it gets boring after a while. It's it's not, the, the dream sounds beautiful, but once you're there for a while, it's like, just another day. Yeah. And I never got propositioned for a threesome in LA, but here in New York, it's happened. Anything can happen in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I'm an LA three and New York six. <laughs> That made me sad, Andrew. I know, I know. But a Chicago five. God, I was so disappointed when I moved to Chicago and people were so attractive there. I really thought 
it wasn't going to be as bad as LA, but it is just as bad. People are beautiful. <sighs> anyway, so we had this poll on patreon.com slash millennial to help us figure out what Matt moment from his final episode would be added to the theme song. It has, the, the poll has closed. The results are here. And uh, let me just pull up the poll. We had a pretty clear winner. With 43%, the majority of the votes, it was Matt's people are stupid moment. People are stupid. <laughs> yeah, 43%. At number two was it's a lifestyle with 37%. At 12% of the vote was it's all a lie. And then I still blame myself, which was, I thought, very appropriate for millennials in general. And then the fifth one with just 1% of the vote was it's kind of a stretch, so no support there. So I went into the editing room. And I added it to our intro. Are you all ready for the new intro? Okay. First new intro in years. Here it goes. People are stupid. Live to tape. There you go. What do you think? (laughs) Um, I'll play it again. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It goes by in a flash, but. People are stupid. Live to tape. I actually really like it. It's growing on me. Like the second, mm-hmm. third time I hear it, it's growing on me. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I like that Matt is still with us. And I think that it's probably the yeah. most appropriate introduction to the show that we could ask for. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I played with it the moment in a couple of places after Micah's live to tape before. I, I, I added like an extra second to fit it in. So now we have to do one less second of show every week, which is a nice benefit. <laughs> Since the theme's a second longer. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. People are eating Tide Pods, y'all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I went into Walgreens and saw them locked up. I was like, wow, this is sad. So kids can't buy yeah. them? No, I know. I like it. I like it a lot. Good. I saw the new movie love simon which by the way two weeks ago i was calling hello simon on the show my apologies it's actually called love simon it's it's based (laughs) on uh the book simon versus the homo sapiens agenda um it was an amazing book i I spoke about it a couple weeks ago the movie was so good and it's a big deal because it's the first teen rom-com about a gay guy And it's supported by a major studio, so it got a wide release this past weekend. It did well. It didn't break any records or anything. It seemed to fall in line box office-wise with with straight teen rom-coms. But it was so good. I was... First of all, the writing was fantastic, just as good as it was in the book. Very on top of pop culture, too. Lots of Trump references, for example. He had a Hamilton playbill up on his board. Uh, Harry Potter references, too, just like in the book. Simon is played by Nick Robinson, who was in Jurassic World. And there were just a couple of great moments in which he's coming out to people. Um, What really resonated with me was this moment where his friend Leah asks him, "Why, why didn't you tell me that you were gay? We've known each other for so long. And he says what is true. It's the hardest to come out to your best friend because you've known them for so long. It's like coming out to a parent. 
you you know them for so long and you know each other a certain way and then in that moment where you're coming out like everything changes so that really resonated with Mm. me and i just thought it was also really nice for gay teens to now have this movie to look to and hopefully inspire them to come out and another nice thing about this movie is that it does have a happy ending a lot of these gay movies are kind of tragic (laughs) but this one this one has a nice ending so hopefully people will walk out of the theater going i can do it yeah you know i agree that is so important i think so often we talk about what can we do as a society to be more pluralistic and tolerant and oftentimes the simplest answer is just have like representation on tv music movies because these are the things that we all go to consume listen to and watch without really thinking about it and so it's the sort of thing that shapes our thinking subconsciously. So if there's like a 10-year-old who's going to the theater with, you know, his family and he sees this movie, it's just, you know, accepting LGBTQ people is just going to be second nature to him from the time he's 10 years old onward because he saw it on screen and it was so normalized, you know, by our pop culture. So I think that's awesome. I went on a Friday night and the theater was packed. So I felt really good coming into the theater, seeing tons of people turning out for it. Um, and people of all ages, too, though I will say there were a lot of teen girls there. <laughs> I guess because it was marketed as like a, a teen rom com. Um, but like at the end, when there's a big reveal, uh, all the girls were like squealing. And I was in my head, I just wasn't going to do it outwardly because I was sitting with my brother. So I didn't want to get too gay. <laughs> But I I was grinning from ear to ear. Ryan knows. Of course. Yeah, right. right. He found a video of you making out with Matt. Remember? Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, he he knows. He knew for a long time. Yeah, which he revealed to me a year ago this month when he was really (laughs) drunk. That's really special. I feel like if if he were a good brother, he would send us that video so we could post that to Patreon. Oh, God. Well... You know, weirdly, I wouldn't be against posting it, but I pray to God that he doesn't still no, have I'm it. I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> Saving it all these oh, years he for does. God knows what. He does. <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to read a confessional we got. I thought it was pretty funny. I should have read this earlier. The confessional just read, just listen to the boyfriends after dark. And I have to say, Brian has a really nice voice. Like, damn. Yeah, right? Did you read that to him? I did actually. So it's funny. I I woke him up early in the morning to show him that because uh, I've been telling him pretty much since like the first date that he had a really nice voice. It's kind of like it's it's a deep voice. It's deep. It's kind of masculine and he he speaks clearly and I've always really liked it. And I love talking to him on the phone. I don't know. It just gives me a little shivers. And I've been telling him that. And he's so insecure. He doesn't believe it. So when this confessional came through, the first thing I did was show him. Like I woke him up at 8 in the morning to show him and be like, I told you so. And the second thing I did was look at the IP address to see what thirsty bitch is after my boyfriend. <laughs> I was about to say, which listener is thirsting? just kidding hopefully the ip ip address went overseas or on the west coast nice and far i didn't from you. really look but i i considered it oh <laughs> I was like, who is this well elisa yeah. i have some news for you i'm 
90% sure that it was Mark. Honestly, <laughs> Brian suggested that. He was like, that was Laura or Mark. They're just trying to make me feel good. I'm like, no, it wasn't. What? <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that he had vocal insecurities. He doesn't have vocal insecurities. I think it's it's just, I don't know. It's just something that I've always told him he he has, and he's never believed it. So he thought that gotcha. I was in like cahoots with you and Mark. I'm like, no, you idiot. You just have a really nice voice. We we got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest. They, they both have great voices, and I thought they presented themselves very well on that After Dark. I know. But not as good as me, but they were good. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody can be you. I mean, you are the Sims. The oh, Andrew. That's so true. <laughs> the Andrew. If you want to submit a confessional of your own, you can just go to millennialshow.com and there's a confessional link right at the top of the website. Just don't thirst for our boyfriends too often. That's makes us a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not threatened. Oh, I know Laura's he's Laura's confident in her relationship. That's beautiful. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> On to some news now. Anderson Cooper, who... Works for CNN, but occasionally does some 60 Minutes interviews. Pre-recorded an interview with Stormy Daniels, the porn star who allegedly had an affair with Donald Trump back in like 2006. Um, This all came to light a few months ago when we found out that Trump's lawyer had paid her hush money in the amount of $130,000 to keep quiet about the affair. This... Money was transferred days before the election, Um, but the story surfaced a couple months ago, and she's got a good PR team. I mean, she's been consistently in the headlines. There's like a new story every every other day about her, and so so she did record an interview with 60 Minutes. The thing is, there is this confidentiality agreement in place that forbids her from talking. However, she's been arguing that Trump. Trump's lawyers violated that agreement, and her and her lawyer have pointed out that Trump never actually signed one part of the agreement under a fake... He was supposed to sign it under a fake name. There's a field for him to sign, um, but it was never actually signed. So, apparently, it might be airing tonight. They could easily pull it because Trump's lawyers are now threatening to sue her. She also weirdly has offered to give the $130,000 back in order to release herself from the confidentiality confidentiality agreement. Um, but yeah, so we have this interview to look forward to Sunday night. At this point, though, like doesn't matter. Trump had this affair with Stormy Daniels while his son was newly born. He was married to Melania at the time. So yeah, it is terrible. But like... Is it gonna, you know, are 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 we gonna impeach him? Does anybody really care? Trump no. Trump's supporters give him so this many. This is just more palace intrigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't give a shit where he put his like shriveled up, orange peel dick. Like we like he's doing so many things that actually have negative repercussions for the country. I just, I don't give a shit. That's Melania's problem. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think the only reason that this would even make its way into, I don't know, any kind of 
legal concern would be if it violated campaign finance rules, which I know is a concern that's being circulated. There are some folks saying, well, if the camp, if campaign money or campaign donations were in any way tied up with uh, this payment to Stormy Daniels, that would be a very clear violation uh, and w- it would be illegal. Um, but we don't know that. That's pure speculation. And as much as I'm not a fan of this administration, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump to conclusions and make baseless claims. That's their job. I'm going to stick to facts. And so long as we don't have any evidence of campaign finance, uh, wrongdoing, I'm not going to assume that there was one. Uh, so for now, I agree with Laura. I just feel like this is, uh, really unfortunate because it's yet another distraction from the substantial actual things that are happening um, in, in this White House. You mean like the fact that Robert Mueller issued a subpoena to the Trump organization? Yeah, that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I do have to say it, it does. The one thing I will say is it calls into question a little bit. Uh, some of Trump's base supporters. And I know that a lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks who would identify as like the Christian right, uh, strongly support president Trump. And it does make one wonder on what basis do you support president Trump? If he is a serial adulterer, you know, this didn't just happen one time. If he's a serial adulterer, um, why, you know, why? Um, because they keep moving the goalposts, uh, of morality, you know, morality gets adjusted to account for whatever Donald Trump does. Right. Well, it's, and and the, the divide between president and vice president is insane. (laughs) Like you have vice president Pence who reportedly will not have dinner with anyone other than his own wife will not have alcohol in the presence of any woman unless his wife is there. You know, he seems very much by the book, um, Christian right. You know, whether you like him or dislike him, you have to give him credit for walking the walk. Um, President Trump does not walk the walk. And the ocean of difference between the two men is fascinating. Right. Not to mention the evangelicals in general, but they don't really care that that Trump is this way, so long as they get tax cuts and other benefits that Democrats would never give them. Laura, were you low-key mad that I included this story, but not the subpoena of the Trump business? Oh, no, I just thought that it was worth bringing up. I mean, a lot's been going on in Trump land in the last few days. Mm -hmm. I mean, on Friday, uh, Mueller issued that subpoena. What was really interesting was Right before news broke that the subpoena had been issued, news also broke that Trump had finally decided to um, initiate those sanctions against Russia. Mm. And I saw that. I was like, why now? And then I saw the subpoena and I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, small correction. It's gonna, The interview is scheduled to air next Sunday, uh, the okay. 25th. Oh, okay. So... That, so oh man reschedule your viewing yeah parties. i was i was really pumped for this happening tonight i know sorry we have to wait another week andrew i i actually wanted to watch it at a bar with my friend that i'm here with that would have been fun anyway what else is going on in the news toys r us 
seems like it's about to close its doors, guys. And I don't know about you, but my nostalgia is weeping. Um, to put this into perspective, though, it's really no surprise. Toys R Us has been struggling for many, many years, um, partly due to the popularity of big box stores like Target and Walmart. They're sort of siphoning off Toys R Us's very niche toys only market. You can just walk into Target, go grocery shopping and pick up your toys as well. So there's really no as not as much of a need for Toys R Us. Plus, of course, the invention of online shopping and Amazon has really put a dent in Toys R Us. To put this into perspective, over the Christmas holiday season, they earned only $81 million in profits. That is a quarter, 25% of what they had earned just the following year, or I'm sorry, the previous year. So in one year, their profits decreased 75%. That's insane. Um, the company employs 33,000 people across the United States. So aside from the fact that millennials are very sad about the closing of Toys R Us, there's also 33,000 families who are now going to be struggling from losing their jobs. And this isn't happening in you know a year from now. Most places try to close at the end of the fiscal year just to give everyone time to acclimate to the loss of jobs. But Toys R Us is losing $100 million every single month that they stay open. So they're planning on closing within the next month and a half to two months. So this is not a lot of turnaround time for 33,000 people to find new jobs. Um, one of the other things that Toys R Us is doing to, I guess, deal with this situation is to liquidate everything, to sell everything. So apparently the stores over the next month or two are going to be opening their doors with like sale prices you like you've never seen before. They're talking about marking toys up only $1 from what they actually cost Whoa. to produce. So we're talking huge, steep savings. So now would be the time if you want to save up toys for the next 20 years of presents for your nieces and nephews, <laughs> go out to Toys R Us in the next month. Yeah. It is sad. It does feel like an end of an era because I know as a kid, Toys R Us was like the local Disneyland. Yeah. That was the place to go to be just surrounded by joy. It was so exciting to walk in and see the newest toys and everything was so colorful and the store itself. Remember the Toys R Uses with like the giant window front entrances? Yeah. Just, just floor to ceiling windows. Like it was so exciting. Yeah. Going to a Toys R Us. I went into one a couple years ago for something video game related. And that that was weird. That felt like a big throwback. But you said you're sad about this too, Elisa, because you went a lot. I did. Toys R Us was a big deal. I It was a little mini vacation every time that we went. And they really had, this is so cheesy, but in their jingle, they say, from bikes to trains to video games, where the biggest toy store there is. It's so true. I got my first bicycle at Toys R Us. Uh, I legit had Aww. a train set from Toys R Us. I bought many of my first video games from Toys R Us. So it was a really coming of age kind of place for me. And I think it's really sad. It was, I don't know, it was a big part of my childhood. I had like a million Power Rangers figurines I all got from Toys R Us. And also, fun fact, my parents forgot my brother inside of Toys R Us <laughs> one time. It's like a home alone situation at yeah, Toys R Us. Yeah, like legit. He was maybe two or three years old, just old enough to kind of like be sitting in the front of the cart, you know, 
And he was sitting there and my parents were pushing the cart around and they walked away for a split second to go to a different aisle and they just forgot about it. (laughs) I'm I'm old enough. I'm like, you know, 11. So I'm walking around doing my own thing and we all go out. We we have our bags of toys and we're walking out to the car and my mom turns around and goes, where's Truman? (laughs) (laughs) and my dad's like i thought you had him and it was a classic case of holy fuck we forgot our our son and we all ran back inside and he was just sitting there he was just sitting there yeah a classic case a classic Mm -hmm. case happens all the time of losing your child (laughs) of negligence (laughs) elisa was also uh singing the theme song in hashing it out today i think i it's it sounds like it's really upsetting you and it Toys R Us really connected with you. <laughs> I did. But but uh, not so much for you, Laura? Yeah, you know, I don't have the same nostalgia for it as a lot of people do. And that's partly because I didn't really go a whole lot as a kid, or at least I don't remember mm-hmm. going a lot. Like, nothing about it really sticks out to me. I have a couple of vague memories of going there. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, it didn't, it didn't connect with me the same way it did with other people. That said, I understand why people are sad. And I, I particularly sad for all of these people who are losing their jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that to me is the worst part. One of them is named Mike. He's actually a listener of ours. He had mentioned in the Facebook group that he's going to be losing his job, but he's already on to a new opportunity that he's very excited about. So good luck, Mike. Oh, yeah. Good luck to you. Good luck. And damn you, Amazon! And take, Mike, just, Mike, if I can, mm-hmm. if I can be so bold, I suggest taking as many bikes as you can on your way out. <laughs> and if you want to mail them to us, that would be ideal. Did Did you two ever go to Zany Brainies? Yeah, I did. Ah, oh, that was those were so those cool were too. cool. Yeah, yeah. Never heard of it. I had. Yeah, it was Maybe, a toy store. Yeah. I was devastated when it went out of business and it was in the same shopping center as a Borders. So that was like the best afternoon ever going to Borders and going to Zany Brainy. <sighs> anyway, we have some more news to talk about. But first, this week's episode is brought to you by BioClarity. Laura and I have been loving using BioClarity. I've been using it steadily for a few weeks now. The last time I updated everybody, I had started it after moving and just eating terribly so my face was a mess then i started using it nightly again and boom cleared me up i've been absolutely loving using it so why does it work so well for us bioclarity is packed with clarifying botanicals and new floralux which i don't know about you laura but i love that part of the i know me too it's so soft and like just pleasant (laughs) it's the hulk step yes oh yeah (laughs) floralux is naturally derived from chlorophyll and it's proven for soothing away blemishes, and it has truly worked. It's also full of antioxidants that help reduce redness, feed and defend cells with an alphabet of vitamins, and boost your natural beauty, which I don't have much of, but where there is some, BioClarity makes it come through. I really like BioClarity because it's actually made application of my makeup a lot smoother, um, because it's just like smoothed and cleared my skin out, um, which is really great because like those of you who wear foundation will know that if you have any like dry spots on your skin, your foundation will kind of like 
stick to it and be difficult to like spread and blend. Um, but I'm not having that problem anymore. So stuff is great. So start a healthy habit and get glowing clear skin. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's a $20 savings and it comes with a 100% risk-free money back guarantee. But you need to enter our code M-I-L. That's bioclarity.com and enter code M-I-L. What else is going on in the news? So last week, Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district held a special election after uh, Republican Tim Murphy resigned amid rumors that he encouraged a woman with whom he had an affair to have an abortion. It's a separate topic. But Mm. anyway, the Democratic candidate, Connor Lamb, won the election by, drumroll please, we should have probably played the number with this this week, uh, by 627 votes. Shit. You stayed up late to watch it, didn't you? I did. I was so, oh my God, my butthole was puckered the entire time. Um, So what's astounding about this is that Pennsylvania's 18th district is historically a Republican stronghold. And worth mentioning is that Donald Trump won this part of the state by nearly 20 points in the 2016 election. So this was a pretty major upset for the GOP because this shouldn't have been close. Um, and as I mentioned, watching the results come in was a real nail biter because even when they were nearing 90 and 95% of the votes having been counted, um, Lamb and Saccone, who was the Republican, were anywhere between 0.5 and 0.2% apart. Um, so really, apart from the takeaway that Democratic voters are coming out in droves, um, strongly anti-Trump in these special elections, it's also worth remembering that a 627 vote difference reinforces the truth that every vote fucking counts. Yeah. You don't have an excuse to stay home and say my vote doesn't count. Yeah, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it always has yep. been. If you believe that your vote doesn't matter, then you're right, it doesn't matter. If you think that it does, then <laughs> it will and it will make the difference. Mm-hmm. There's a great mm-hmm. great cartoon. I think it was the New Yorker put out right after the last presidential election and it was a sea of people and i think it was in pennsylvania or maybe wisconsin and it was just a sea of people and they were all saying my vote doesn't matter and i thought Mm -hmm. that was the most poignant thing i had seen uh post presidential election and it's true i think you know it, it you can't you can't you can't sit any election out ever mm mm no, and I mean, this was so close that they weren't even able to officially call it until uh, the next afternoon. Because, I mean, you're literally looking at like a 0.2% difference between right. the candidates in terms of how they performed. Um, so they had to resort to counting absentee ballots, you know, which is usually kind of like the final resort. Like, if people going to the polls is too close to to call, then they have to turn to things like absentee ballots and military ballots and things like that. And from what I understand, there's still some that are being counted at this time because uh, on the Republican side of things, they're looking at various ways to contest this outcome because it was so mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fair. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like if it's this close on either side they would be looking into what their options were. Um, I do find it comical that they're trying to allege things like vote tampering. 
Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, cool, y'all, y'all were okay with uh, a Russian-led propaganda campaign in 2016. Right. That helped y'all win. But now, now that you're on the other side of that and you're seeing this shift, you know, this leftist shift, now you don't like it. You yeah. know, um, there's a really beautiful map that the New York Times put together. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Showing it is beautiful. <laughs> showing the left wing shift in Pennsylvania since the 2016 election. And it's just littered with blue arrows pointing left all over yeah. the state. And it's so great. And <laughs> the winds of change. It's also worth noting that this particular congressional district was heavily gerrymandered. If you were to if yes. you were to look at this congressional district, you would see that the shape of it is such that it's clearly designed to encompass communities that are heavily Republican. And so it was designed on purpose to swing Republican. And it still didn't. So the that that's tremendous. That 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 has to signal a pretty significant shift, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, if nowhere else. And I have to say that regardless of the times and regardless of of what administration and whatever else, I am personally heartened by the fact that people will not vote pure party line because there's no way that a Democrat could win in this district without a significant number of Republicans voting Democrat. And without a significant yes. number of people who voted for Trump changing their minds and saying, you know what? No, I'm going to give the other party a chance now. So we have to give credit where credit's due. And there were clearly a lot of folks in Pennsylvania who were putting country over party. And I applaud them for that. Yeah. As and I'll give I. you a specific example. My grandparents are still alive. God bless them and doing very well. They're in eastern Pennsylvania. Um my grandmother voted Hillary, but my grandfather did not. He voted Trump. And since then, he has had a change of mind um, because of what has been going on uh, with him. And my grandma is actually surprisingly vocal about how much of an asshole Trump is. And she'll go, I'll tell you, I don't know what's going on with the world these days. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's people like them who are noticing it. They read all this bullshit in the papers, kind of free of the 24 hour news cycle. And you just read the facts of what's going on and it's absurd. And I think that's why you see these winds towards the left as the New York times illustrates it. Yeah, it's definitely, um, hopefully a sign of good things to come in the midterm yeah. elections. Um, one thing that I did want to mention about this is that um, Connor Lamb will have to run again this fall. He's only holding this seat between now and um, early November. And the other thing to bring up is that Pennsylvania was recently uh, required to redraw its, its district maps. So he's, he's not only going to have to run again, but he's probably going to be running for a completely different district at that point. Yeah. Well, he's young, so he's got the energy to do mm-hmm. it. Thank goodness. One more story. This is kind of a light topic. Uber has unveiled the most commonly lost items. And I wanted to quiz you guys on what you think is most commonly lost. Because we all use Uber. We all run that risk of leaving something important behind when we're drunk or just being forgetful a certain day. Can you guess what the most commonly forgotten items are in ubers there's 10 of them definitely i'm gonna say phones yeah 
Definitely. That was my first yep. guess too. Um, mm-hmm. Wallets. Yep. Uh, IDs. Yep. It's basically everything that most people carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would also guess some kind of like article of clothing, shoes or something like that. Yeah. There's a general clothing one. Headphones, vape slash e-cig. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I forgot my vape. I guess I won't get cancer <laughs> yeah, today. sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they also shared a list of the weirdest things that have been left behind. You'll never be able oh, to God. guess these, so I'm just going to read through some of them. A Burger King visor. Okay, fine. Yep. Uh, this was okay. actually Lisa, a Star Wars encyclopedia. Yeah, that was me. Uh, a letter from my boyfriend who is in jail. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Reported to <laughs> Uber. <laughs> Two packets of dead sea mud. That's for your face. Uh, two packets. That's the important two part. <laughs> Someone wanted to do it again. Yeah. Tax returns. Oh. A marriage certificate. Eh. A slice of pizza. A rhinestone mask. A longboard with Rasta colors. I don't know why it's so specific. Gold grills with diamonds. That was me. My apologies. <laughs> uh, and divorce papers. Did I mention that one? So some weird shit. Have you two ever lost anything in an Uber and like gotten it back or not gotten it back? Yeah. Oh, my dignity. <laughs> I've been I've been harassed so much in Ubers that uh, I feel like that's been a really bad experience. I don't know. Have I left anything truly weird? I do remember taking an uber one time um i had left like my suitcase because i was coming from like i was coming from like a vacation and i left like my suitcase in the back of the uber so pretty much everything i left everything and how do you get it back what do you do i i realized it like the minute i got out of the car oh, okay. and i quickly called the uber and it took them only maybe five minutes to respond to me and they turned right back around which was nice of them but in those five minutes, I thought my life was over. <laughs> it had, I think it was, I think it was actually when I, it was, this was years ago when I would, I don't remember where I was coming from, but this was like some sort of like Harry Potter thing. I think it was like when we came back from one of our tours or trips to like Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so it had like, a, it had like two or three weeks worth of shit in there. Yeah. You know, that actually reminds me when I was Uber driving, I have two times somebody forgot something that i remember the first time somebody left one of those swell water bottles in the car it's kind of like a fancy water bottle but she leaves it in the car and like i don't see it until like i i'm i'm done for the night and um i get a call from her like the next day and she's like hey i think i left my swell water bottle uh you know can can you uh drop it off where you uh picked me up at work and so I didn't answer her call. It just went to voicemail. But I never went and gave it back to her. Because why should I have to go across town to deliver a fucking water bottle because you forgot it? So I kept it and I gave it to my ex-boyfriend. And those are nice water bottles. So that was another reason I didn't give it back. But then there was another time where somebody left his sunglasses in the car. And I remember like driving away and then I immediately get a call. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck. It's the guy. He left something in the car. I look back. I see the sunglasses. I originally don't answer because I'm like, I'm not turning around. I'm in downtown LA. I just want to go home. <laughs> but he calls like two or three more times. And I was like, oh, okay, fuck it. So I turn around and I gave him the, got, got him the sunglasses back. But it's frustrating for the driver because, it, you know, time is money. And, and getting somebody back their possession is a big pain in the butt, especially if you have to go across town to do it. So it's really not worth it to them. Yeah, when I was in uh, San Francisco last year, I was hanging out with uh, another friend of mine who's also named Andrew. Um, and we we took an Uber or a Lyft, I can't remember, back to the hotel. And as soon as we got out of the car, and it was like maybe a couple blocks down from us, I like patted my butt and realized I didn't have my phone. And I just looked at him and was like, oh, fuck, I think I left my phone in the car. And he didn't even say anything. He just fucking took off like Mr. Fahrenheit chasing down this car. And he ma- he caught up with it and managed to like get in and get my phone and bring it back to me. Bless him. He's a wonderful human being. Um, but yeah, I bet that driver was surprised. Better than this, Andrew. This Andrew wouldn't have done that for you. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like, I, I noticed that drivers, they'll turn behind to look into the back seat to make sure people aren't forgetting anything. And I would do that sometimes, but I also feel creepy turning around and looking at in somebody's direction as they're getting out of my car. Cause it looks like I'm looking at their ass and I'm not always looking at your ass. And sometimes you are. Yeah, sometimes I legit am, but other times I'm just making sure you didn't leave anything behind. I hated when the, I was driving around somebody hot. I'm like, oh my god, there's a hot guy in my car. This is this is torture. This is this is exactly why I feel like being an Uber driver, being a, a female Uber driver, has to be so awkward. I just can't imagine. I, I don't know. Like I I know a few. I know I know several women who are Uber drivers and. For the most part, they say it's pretty tough because the customers that they get have no problem, have no problem using that opportunity to ask them out or to dive into their personal lives or to comment on their physical appearance. And I'm sure everyone gets that. But I have to imagine it's worse for the female drivers. And even as a passenger, you have creepy driver guys. (laughs) Right. Right. I just keep it all in my head. Keep it to myself. There that's you what go. you should that's do. what you're supposed to do. Right. right. It's because you're a normal you're a normal guy, I mean, Andrew. Thank you mostly. for that. <laughs> mostly a normal guy. You can't give me a bad rating if it's only in my head. If I'm only, <laughs> exactly. only fucking you in my head. <laughs> uh here we go. Damn it, I'm ruining that reputation you gave me back. <laughs> I see. We you do this to yourself. Yeah. I do. Damn it. <laughs> I'm reclaiming my virginity. I you can't do yeah. that. <laughs> I will say I actually thought a lot about this afterwards because there is <laughs> this is a tangent, but there is this sort of perception of you as being like very sexualized, but you are right that you're actually not super promiscuous. And so I've been trying I've been trying to rationalize where like how do you uh, 
how do you how are you both things at once and what i came up with is you're very open sexually so you're you're down right. for whatever right but that doesn't mean you're down for doing it with whoever right like you're a little bit more discerning when it comes to your partners but when it comes to experiences you're very open yeah thank you it's like porn. I'm sorry. I'm, that's not 100% related. But I actually, like, after we talked about this the last episode, I spent, like, a couple of hours trying to rationalize <laughs> really? this in my head. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for thinking about me so much. That's more than anyone ever, ever has. <laughs> Let's uh, do some surprise bitching now. Let's call Haley in Gainesville, Georgia. Oh, shit. That close to you? I mean, kind of. This is Haley. Haley, surprise, bitch! It's Millennial. Sure. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. What's going on down in uh, Georgia? You still in Georgia? Um, I have a friend that's getting married, and we're having a bridal shower. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. Good are for you doing you. anything yeah. scandalous during this bridal shower? Like, is there a stripper coming in? Well, it's the shower, so it's like the one where all the adults come. It's not the the bachelorette oh. party. No, this is a sophisticated event. Mm. Got you. Okay, but the strippers are later, right? Have you? Have you? Um, hopefully, <laughs> that's in a couple weeks. Have you started drinking? Um, no, but it is a mimosa. There's a mimosa bar, so there will be drinking. Perfect. It's been setting up time right now, so nice. It'll be a little sober to set it up for everybody. Yeah. That's great. Did you do anything fun for St. Patrick's Day? Um, just went over to a friend's house and we played um, Cards Against Humanity and a new game called Social Sabotage. You ever heard of that game? That's not the BuzzFeed one, is it? Yes, it is. Where like oh. it gives you different things that you have to like post on, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, text somebody. And then there's different like quotes or pictures that you have to do and you have to do whatever it, the combination is. How was that? I could never play that game. Lauren and Elisa, you have to like, so an example is like one card says, oops, I just farted really loudly. And then the other card is Facebook. And that means you have to go and post that on Facebook. <laughs> oh, that's fucking amazing. We're playing it. Um, We're going to do it. I had it. to post on my ex-boyfriend's wall that... Um, I thought our son was beautiful or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you I actually picked, did like, it? an ex-boyfriend that was cool. Like, you know, we had good terms and all that stuff. But that's very it was that's lucky. You, you should have automatically won the game. How does somebody win? Um, so you win by having, when you get a wear card, which is where you post it, it's worth two points. And then if you, Everybody gets to pick a quote that they give to somebody to do the wear. And if your quote's picked, then that's a point. And so the person that collects the most points wins. So basically, you have better chance if you pick the most wears. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, I could never do that. So I admire your bravery there. Um, Yeah, I was, I bought it because I thought it was super cool. And that's the first time we've ever played it during game night. (laughs) <laughs> and some people are ballsy about it and some people just they can't hang. Mm-hmm. Do you get any kind of like freebies where if you get a really egregious one, you can say yeah, so no? The bride 
actually she got a one that she would like have to text an ex-boyfriend and somebody can steal it from you like or volunteer volunteer to do it um and so like i did that for her so that she didn't have to that <laughs> go was, post it. Yeah, she doesn't have an ex-boyfriend she has an ex-husband so <gasps> you know we just like decided hey i'll do that for you so you can do something like that you're a very good friend Man. because that is yeah. that she yeah no she should not be doing that she's getting married yeah, you came in clutch with that save <laughs> it's a good friend so that, that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> well, i don't know i just that game doesn't feel right to me it, you could. I think it sounds you awesome. You could really damage. You have to be pretty drunk. I feel like probably. Oh, man, drunk and really ballsy. I just feel like that could yeah. really damage relationships and friendships and stuff like that. I like. I know you can well, just tell I them it's a, a game. lot of like hashtag social sabotage so that it like. Oh. You didn't just hourly say it. Yeah. On things that were like really weird. I see. Okay. Oh, I had to text <laughs> one of my parents' friends a quote. And the quote was, I strongly disagree with your political views. <laughs> and my mom's best friend is her pastor. It's like the pastor's wife. And so I was like, oh, my God. But luckily, she's kind of cool. I drink margaritas with her. So it went fine. But <laughs> still uh, could have been really bad. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you- yeah. I really want to get together with... Uh- uh, Andrew and Laura play this. No, yes. no, yes. no, thank you. How do you like living down in Georgia? Laura was pleasantly surprised um, to hear you were in Gainesville. Yeah, well, I'm actually in Ella J today. Because that's where my parents live and it's where I went to high school. Um, but I like Georgia, except for this cracked out weather that we're having recently. Right? Um, what the fuck is going on? I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I just need you guys to know that you called my friend Brandon that lives in Atlanta, like, uh, I don't know, probably like a year ago. And we were, I was so jealous because we listened to this podcast together. Oh. <laughs> and so the fact that you guys are calling me, I'm like, yes, I get to rub it in his face now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Good. Well, tell him we said hello again. Yeah. Take that, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. How's that for social sabotage? <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure our conversation was way better. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna him. weigh in one way or the other, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but yes, it's okay. <laughs> um, Laura, I'm pretty sure that you offered to hang out with him. So, just- did I? Well, I'll hang out with yeah. you too. Actually, okay. um, I, I go to Gainesville like on a semi regular basis because one of my favorite restaurants is there. So, oh, yeah, what restaurant? Yeah, it's, it's a place called El Sombrero. I don't know if you've heard of it of course it's Mexican. i've heard of it i don't think i've ever been to it though it's really good they have good margaritas and it's good tex-mex i highly recommend it yeah mm. i go to la Peria, which is like a chain mexican mm-hmm. restaurant that's over by where i live so yeah, yeah. i hit yeah, that one yeah, i go to taco bell it's a great local joint no no i'm the kidding fuck out of here i don't go to taco <laughs> I love you always it. have no. like a key Mexican restaurant yeah. that you go to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love a good Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you. It was nice speaking Thanks to you. Probably. Have a nice bridal shower. All right. Will do. Thank you. All right. And uh, thanks for your support. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Oh no problem. All right. Bye. All right, Haley. Bye. Bye. All right. Good caller. She was fun. fun. Yeah. I liked yeah. her. On that note, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. What are we going to talk about in After Dark today, Elisa? 
Uh, a few different things. Uh, primarily, though, China is implementing a new system uh, based on a social credit score where the government will dictate what your social credit score is based on your behavior and then issue penalties if your credit score gets too low. This is super Orwellian and weird, but we're going to talk about it uh, and also talk about some of the things that we've done in our lives that would have destroyed our social credit score if such a thing existed in the United States. So that's what's up. Fitting. This sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. It is, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. The epi- that, it is. That episode of Black Mirror was based off of this happening in China. Ah, okay. And uh, I think playing social sabotage would absolutely ruin your social credit. You're just yeah, fucking. I don't think that's a game they're going to play over no, there. No, hell no. Cool. So that can be heard over at patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks to everybody who supports us, including everybody who is listening live this Sunday morning, getting early access to the show. Um, closing outro music, we'll do the Toys R Us song. <gasps> yes, please. All right. Let's say goodbye to Toys R Us with the classic theme. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. I don't want to go I'm a toy just kid. They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. She wins. I don't want to go up. Because, baby, if I did, I couldn't be a toy's rusket. I'm going to add it in in editing. Mm -hmm. You should edit in like the Hunger Games canons. (laughs) (laughs) Poor one out for Jeffrey.